In the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race of orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became meta-humanity. Technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world as global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called shadow runners. The year is 2102. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, the team visits magical bookbinding ghoul Loma Sarnaev at his houseboat, looking for information about what goes on underneath Jast Reclamation, in the hopes of finding answers about the mysterious aura calcum or Artemis said was used to generate the random numbers found on an NYPD laser rifle and last line crowdfunding campaign. Loma tricks the team into delivering him a precious magical artifact, the skull of Walt Whitman, and says he'll kill them for meddling in the affairs of the Seven, a mysterious and powerful cabal. The team fights Loma and Nek Varma, the four-armed brick-red Nartaki shaman with a crown that previously told them to stay far away from Jast and never work with Yuri again. Loma bites TK. Nek grievously wounds Viv Gabe drives the Mrs. Egg into Loma's houseboat. Lux's TK neck and the remains of Loma, pummeled by TK, end up slapping around inside Lux's emergency bubble buddy, engaged in the world's skinniest, goriest slap fight. Lash takes Viv out to sea and after a brief stay in a giant spectral clam, they find refuge inside a badly damaged Henley the Bentley. We join the team now, the boys and the bubble buddy buoying but a bit from Loma's speedy racing boat, piloted afar from Gabe on the bridge of the Mrs. Egg. Viv and Lash in Henley taking on water. see from afar Loma reach up, you see the shining tips of his metal fingernails drag across the interior of the bubble buddy and you see it fray and you see it come apart and you see water pooling in the bottom of the bubble buddy. It's not underwater, it's not submerged yet, but it's not far. You look down, you see his hand shoot up, you hear the rip, you look to your side. His body is convulsing and shuddering and almost like it's being electrified. He's jerking. These are real last gasp type motions. I don't know that you are fully sure that he's alive, uh, but he's definitely making some purposeful movements. Henley is probably about 75 feet behind you and uh, out further into open water. And the speedboat is how far? Maybe 15, 20 feet in front of you. Great. I know what I want to do. TK's going to shimmy closer to the hole, sort of shoving neck. Just like, nah, you know, because I guess there's still slap fighting in there. Uh, and he's going to reach his metal arm through the hole and try and grapple hand Loma's speedboat and drag the bu- bubble buddy toward the speedboat. Yeah. Audience, if you could see the look on Taylor's face right yes. now. Yes! 
<laughs> We're already using our grapple hook to attach our uh, emergency bubble to a ghoul speed Italian speedboat. <laughs> yep. It's how, it's how we do it here on Fun City. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, TK's going to try and do that. Uh, roll it for me. Okay, what do I roll? You tell me. Let's roll reaction and agility. And I think this is a standard success. Tie or beat four. I can't. If I, with the wound modifier, I actually can't. So TK is actually extremely injured right now, just like just about everybody. It's a kind of a dire situation. Like, you know, he's still playing like, it's f funny that he's slap fighting with Lux and a weird red guy. But yeah, he see even so he sees his opportunity. There's a hole in the side of the bubble. He sees the boat, Loma's racing boat, Italian, obviously. You could tell by the colors. And just as if by instinct, he sticks his hand through and yells, Lux, I, I, do you trust me? And Lux is still fighting with Neck like two kids who've been on vacation for too long. <laughs> uh, just kind of slap fighting over the last uh, fruit roll-up. And he looks at TK like he's really interrupting something. And he's like, trust you. Yeah. I, I, I can get us to the boat, but I, I, I don't know if I, I'm, I don't know if I'm strong enough right now. Um, this really freaks Lux out because he's never heard TK say anything like that. And he kind of just puts his hand on Neck's face. I think Neck is kind of locked up enough to where he has a second to actually take TK in. And it's he's sort of reminded, and he's not reminded actually because he never saw this movie, but the, you, the listener could be reminded <laughs> of sort of Terminator 2 when like when the Terminator is kind of crawling and it just really looks really bad. I think with TK's metal arm and the fact that he's just on his last like uh lux had no idea he was just bad at all he could see he's on his death door and so he pulls not easily his med kit off his backpack he puts it onto tk and i roll and he heals for seven. Oh shit whoa Lux is slap fighting with Neck, and TK is doing his best to keep him busy, maybe make him uh, get him off balance a little bit. Lux manages to pull this med pack briefcase, essentially, out of his backpack, open it in the air, and fling it on top of TK, where it just kind of starts to do its autonomous medical duty. And, you know, you hear it start to whir, and you hear it start to work, and TK, you look down, and it's lasering closed some of your own open wounds, it's injecting you with adrenaline, uh, there are little arms going to work, uh, you know, parts of it are uh, getting submerged, uh, it's getting wet, and you see uh, small uh, sparks start to go off, and you see uh, one warning light light up on the interior, you can't read it, but it's red and blinking, so you know it's not good, but you do, before it turns off, uh, and all of the little robot arms go limp, manage to regain seven hit points. Oh! TK Thanks. feels juiced. He's fucking juiced up uh, and ready to ready to fucking shoot a grapple hand at the steering wheel of the Italian painted Italian boat. Oh, you're making me roll for it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have yeah. to roll for this. Oh, brother. That is two hits. <laughs> Damn. You hear the discharge of TK's arm, the grapple arm, go off the of uh, the air canister inside and the releasing of the winch. And then you hear very quickly, too quickly, a kerplunk sound as it falls uh, into the open water. Uh, one of the grapple fingers got stuck on the side of the ripped bubble buddy and just completely whiffed. Uh, he missed. You hear the ratchet start to go as it starts 
monster return uh, into his arm. All of you who are in the Bubble Buddy, uh, you catch sight of this. Uh, you know, it's a loud sound. It's a big movement. It's a very dramatic uh, kerplunk noise. So you're you're looking uh, into the water in that direction when you see floating in the debris something you recognize as TK's hand winches by it. <gasps> Please. A large book floating in the water. Yeah. Can I roll again to see if I can grab it on the way back? Uh, yeah, roll roll reaction and strength and beat six. Fuck, I don't know if this is going to happen. Ah. But hey, 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 we're going to do it. We're going to try it. Yeah. I have a mm-hmm. wound modifier. With exploding sixes, all things are possible. We're going to, this is like sending it. Uh, all right. It's a blue book with uh, gold filigree on it and wow. uh, bronzed corners. It's huge. It's thick. And the last time you saw it, Loma was flipping through it when you got into his houseboat, telling you that your visit inspired him to revisit some of the work he did for Jast Columnar. All right, I'm about to roll three hits. It's like when you're playing yeah. a, a grabby hand game at the arcade <laughs> and you think to yourself, why did I think that would get anything? You know, I'm starting to think it's time for a new dice roller. Now, Lux is back to struggling with Neck, and he is struggling with Neck, and then he looks at TK, and he's struggling with Neck, and he looks at TK, because just a little while ago, TK tried to pick up his... Did you have an axe? What blade do you have on you, TK? Yeah, axe. Yeah, you have, a, you have an axe, and you ju- you just tried to use it to press it into neck, but you were so hurt that you couldn't do it. And now that you're visibly a lot better, Lux is wondering why he's the only one struggling with neck. And so he looks at TK and he's like, "TK, a little help!" Oh, oh. And he tries to position neck towards TK. Oh, is Lux holding the blade? No, I I thought you were. Yeah, all right, fuck it. Um. <laughs> Just, let's just fail one more roll real quick, and then we'll move on. Sounds good. See, you get it. Uh, Shadow run. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> never win. <laughs> it's, you're fighting with the system as much as you're fighting with chance. It's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, what, what a game. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So TK looks at Lux, looks at Neck, catches his meaning, and uh, feeling the adrenaline in his bloodstream, he's, you know, he's juiced up, dude. He's he's back in business. Uh, he knows he's gonna pay for it later, but he's right now in this small bubble, buddy. Uh, he's ready to go, and he puts his grapple hand now returned onto his other hand, which is holding the combat axe, and says, "Lux, push!" And he starts pushing from the other side, but pushing the axe into next. Oh, neck. nice! A little teamwork test, Mike. Can we do that? <laughs> He said yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. We got a thumbs Yay. up. What do I roll? It'll be my strongest roll, right? This is going to be straight logic, right? <laughs> charisma? Um, is this I, charisma? I think it's 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 charisma because Lux is catching the, the charismatic glance that TK just <laughs> shot him, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think this is just a straight unarmed. Yeah. So this is uh, agility <laughs> if you don't have unarmed. I don't think I have unarmed. Yeah. Uh, it's at this moment that TK resolves to teach Lux how to box or something. Just so this, whenever this happens good again. Good resolution. I got two hits. That's two dice. That's better than I thought I'd do. That's great. Uh, so now what do I do with this? Mike, what am I rolling to? I think melee. So your melee skill plus agility. Um, I don't think I have a melee skill <laughs> for whatever reason. Wait, what? So then, you don't have a blade can't... skill? Mm-mm. That's impossible. Mm-mm. Dude. 
So then just straight straight agility. I only have two dice to work with because my wound modifier is five. So we really got to believe here. We really got to believe here. All right. One hit. Uh, neck, you can roll 16 dice. <laughs> Fuck. Beat, beat one hit. Neck got five hits. Yay. Oh my god. <laughs> I will show you the abyss. And Neck grabs Lux and teleports as high up in the air as he oh. can. No. Oh. You yes. bastard. I know it. I hope no one's watching this because they're going to catch flies when their jaw drops after watching me operate three meters above the water. <laughs> However, in that short distance, uh, I do show Lux the spaces between spaces. And we must find out now if he goes permanently insane. Great. This is what? why I keep teleporting you guys around. Because the coolest magic power is teleport because if I take an unwilling passenger, oh you have to God. roll a D100 and yeah. on a one, you turn permanently insane. So, Nick, uh, please roll for Lux a D100 and just let us know if you roll a one. All right. I think, um, oh, I don't think, I did get a 99, a 97, sorry. So, I, uh, I think that means I'm not insane. Correct. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Lux, you retain all of your marbles. Yay. Yes. However, you experience extreme nausea. Behold the infinite powers of no. Eldritch oh, no. manipulation. No, <laughs> your tummy kind of feels a little weird. No. Three meters of nausea. <laughs> no. On the other hand, your tummy feeling weird can ruin your whole day. Yeah, yeah true. It's, our, it's ruined it's mine. Powerful. It's like being on an elevator that goes slightly too fast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's going on in Henley the Bentley? Uh, Viv is uh, kind of leaning heavily on this, the passenger seat, facing backwards, and sort of touching the water, and um, kind of closing her eyes, because he's in a lot of pain. Okay. Well, Lush sees everything that's happening over at the Bubble Buddy, and she's concerned, but she knows her top concern right now is Viv, and getting Viv into safety. So... She is going to come to Gabe. We're taking on water. We got to get this Henley on Mrs. Egg. You get a response back immediately. Uh, your calm crackles and Gabe goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. I got an idea. Hold on. And you hear some tip tapping from his calm through the line. And you, like a couple seconds pass, you see Neck teleport an impressive three meters <laughs> Into uh -huh. the air, holding Lux. Lux, from this vantage, looks like he might be a little nauseous. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the bellyache! You hear a loud motor, a, like, heavy thuk, 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 thuk kind of sound. And you look out, Henley, just as you see the edge of a massive drone oh. stabilize right above you. You hear a massive crunching noise as <laughs> the closed windows in the front of Henley the Bentley are smashed in and a claw closes in <laughs> over the roof. And you hear the thuk, 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 
pick up speed. Gentle Gabe, gentle. And Gabe goes, Okay, uh, don't look down. And you feel yourself lifted out of the water, and you start to see the sea retreat as a massive drone picks you up and starts to shuttle you slowly towards the Mrs. Egg. Hell yeah. Everybody roll initiative. Ooh. <laughs> Friends, hello. Mike here to tell you about a cool, fun thing you can do, and that is support your favorite local independent cyberpunk podcast. Really, just support your favorite local independent whatever media. Is the world burning? Yes. Is it also somehow simultaneously drowning? Yes. Do the terrors persist? Yes. But do also the small acts of generosity which buoy the spirit and help us show appreciation to other fellow passengers on this here spaceship Earth. Yes. Uh, the creator economy, if that's what you want to call this, the media landscape is... It's a weird place. Not the friendliest. Certainly extremely crowded. Not an arena where one guarantees returns on their investments. No, a place for people who do what they do because they love doing it and because they love the people who they do it for. Not to get all parasocial relationship, not to sound like a LinkedIn post for a social media manager job at a faceless mega corporation, but why else would anyone do this kind of thing if not for the gathering of a community around it? And I don't just mean Fun City. I mean everything like Fun City. Embracing uncertainty, making something weird that doesn't have large market value, making something that could not be made anywhere else, and certainly not with the backing of a large media company. Let me let me tell you, I work for a lot of them, and I know exactly what kind of things they fund, and it's not, it's not this kind of thing. And so if you have the means and you enjoy the stuff that we make, you enjoy the stuff that any of the people who make any of the independent, weird, small pieces of media that you enjoy make, head to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures or their Patreons, insert infinite Patreon earls here, fork over a couple bucks a month and help to keep it going. Is the amount of media made available to you per dollar slightly less, let's say, than a Netflix subscription? Yes. However, one might argue that a Netflix subscription <laughs> indicates a wholesale devaluing of the availability of art as opposed to individual Patreon subscriptions representing an overvaluing of the available art. But that is another much longer ad break for another episode. Thank you for listening. Patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. Help us to continue to be weird. Okay, bye. The first two to act at the top of initiative simultaneously are Neck and Loma. How is Loma still alive? Oh, man. God. God damn it, this Hello. son of a bitch yeah, is still how? alive? He's good. Ugh. Neck teleports out of the Bubble Buddy holding Lux, and now TK is left alone in the Bubble Buddy with the electrified remains of... Loma, just shaking, shuddering, jolting, um, moving, grasping at things, and he gets like plank straight, uh, like rigor mortis in the cartoons, uh, like every muscle in his body tenses, and then it relaxes, he relaxes, and he turns towards TK. He can't see anything. He barely has a head. He certainly doesn't have eyes. But what was where his face was turns towards TK. And TK, you are looking at what you did. You are beholding the mess that you made. 
and he reaches both of his arms forward. He like lurches up and he tries to grasp at you with his fingers. And he makes this rasping, gargling noise. He essentially tries to scrape down your face and your front and your side with his hands, almost like he's stood up and he's falling and you're gonna try to break his fall. And he misses you entirely and falls face first into the pooling water of the Bubble Buddy, still and silent. Not even any bubbles coming up from where his mouth was at one time. I think you feel pretty confident that that was his last breath. Yes. Um, TK looks down. Is there anything useful on his body? (laughs) Yeah, there's a uh, diner's club card. Yeah. (laughs) He said useful, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Burn. (laughs) Depends on the situation. He does not have anything useful on him. There is a chance that he would have had his Damascus blades on him, but uh, he was holding them uh, when you uh, pummeled him and he mm-hmm. he dropped them. So they are floating in the water somewhere. <laughs> not very good blades. It's right. Floating in good the point. Bo- Damascus <laughs> steel floor. They're, the, yeah. they're at the bottom. <laughs> they're probably just sailing up into the side. <laughs> Viv's mentor spirit has them there. Mm. Simultaneously acting is Neck. Neck has now fallen into the water. And him and Lux have now fallen in the water, but they've broken away. Neck is not trying to engage in hand-to-hand combat with Lux anymore. He's no fool. Neck sees the car being lifted by this drone that just flew over unseen from uh, the Mrs. Egg, from this large warship that has crashed into his hireling colleague's uh, ocean house. Neck sees a weakness. Neck is going to full-force cast a just a bolt of pure destructive physical force at that drone carrying the car. Ooh. Ooh. Mike, tell me uh. how many hits I gotta get to knock that drone out of the fucking sky. The drone's really strong. You gotta beat five. What? Nine hitos. Nine hits. And now let's remember the claw of that drone shattered the windows mm-hmm. of Henley the Bentley. If those windows dip underwater, it's done. The water around Neck shoots away from his body like uh, something heavy just landed where he's standing in the water. Uh, and we see a trail uh, just sort of cut through the water and then lift off the surface of the water, disturbing the air like little, uh, like the, 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 the little like contrails of vapor that come off the edge of uh, jet fighter wings. We see a little bit of those as this bolt of force flies through the air and smacks the drone carrying the Bentley. You hear a thoom as this force issues from neck and flies through the air. And if you're paying really close attention, you can see the stars in the sky distort on the other side of it. It's just such a thick piece of energy that it is messing up the way light is refracting in the night sky. And it fully hits both Henley the Bentley and Gabe's drone. And you hear a metal crunch, a crack squeaking inside Henley the Bentley. Uh, Lash and Viv, you are rocked violently uh, from side to side. You hear Henley creaking and groaning, and when the power bolt hits, the roof of Henley separates from the body. Oh, yes. On one side. So you are basically in a, like, 
peeled open Henley the Bentley, but it's still in one piece, and it's still holding onto the drone, which is swinging back and forth and slowly making its way towards the Mrs. Egg. Could you both roll reaction and strength and beat five? One, two, and three hits. Five hits. Lash, you see Viv. She is on the side of Henley that has been ripped open, that has detached, where the roof has detached from the body of the car. You're on the side where the hook is still holding on. Everything's swinging back and forth. You see the skyline of Hartford sort of like bobbing up and down uh, as you're in Henley as it bobs back and forth. Do you see Viv unaware? Uh, She wasn't bracing. She's barely with it start to tumble out of Henley the Bentley fall to the sea below can I you if you yeah can I have a reaction can I can I grab for her yeah I would say if you have anything special that you want to use let me know but I would say this is just straight uh yeah reaction you know. I would I would again call for a national natural athlete because this is an athletic I was gonna say like this I feel like lash would have the presence of mind and has the skills to be fast at exactly this kind of thing. So, though it is not technically right, I think I will allow natural effort. Thank you. I got three hits. Viv tumbles out of Henry the Bentley. (sighs) 30, 35 feet in the air, splashes into the water. It's a hard hit. Uh, Should have guarded myself, not the other two. It's hard, and the water is also, it's high, and you're going to hit the water at a pretty good clip. Mm. The water is also full of debris. There's glass, wood, steel, books, like, all over this place. There's just, like, chunks of house uh, that are around. If you can, soak 11 damage. Oh, That's a big fall. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Five, six, seven. Uh, No, that's a six. So eight, nine. Oh, I got another six. (laughs) And just nine hits. So still, that's... You, you did a good job. Viv, you take two physical damage from your fall. Splash. Um, Viv is in the car sitting backwards in the passenger seat and she is jostled from that position as the car comes apart and she she doesn't really know where up is anymore as she starts rolling out of the car and when she starts to open her eyes gravity takes over and she falls straight into the water and she's already in pretty bad shape she's had maybe seven physical damage (laughs) and she's been stabbed she's been thrown around uh, and she hits the water really hard uh, leaving her with nine physical damage of ten somewhere a dark but hauntingly erotic and charming god of this world (laughs) smiles a smile that is years in the making the next person to act is Lash Lash is one arm on the inside handle of the door where she's braced herself from that hit. 
and the other arm is reached out unsuccessfully, having tried to grab Bib. She quickly repositions her legs underneath her, so they're like on the seat, and she is going to launch high dive style right into the water <laughs> after Bib. Oh my God. She's still in mama bear mode. She has had one oh, yeah. job, which is to take care of Viv, and she has not done a good job at it. Uh, she does it. I think Lash can just do that. Yeah. Um, so she swan dives into the water right next to Viv, and uh, if if I still have movement left, she is going to, again, grab Viv, place her on her back, kind of acting as a human flotation device. I'll give it to you that in this round, the two things you can do are fall from the sky gracefully and get into the water and then get to Viv and like kind of buoy her around. Oh, <laughs> I'm having the worst day. Oh, it's not good for me either. It's a funny thing to say to someone who's been like stabbed in the liver. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fallen, fallen from a great height. Classic yeah. lash. And my Wi-Fi <laughs> slow. Classic yeah. lash, yeah, dude. sucks for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> equally, equally, it sucks. The next person to act is TK. Yeah, TK knows he's got to get the fuck out of this bubble somehow. So the bubble is now it's deflating. Yeah, deflating. it's not in a good spot. Yeah, you are, I think, literal seconds away from just needing to swim. Uh, and you are inside of a basically a, a big inflated trash bag. I think, yeah, I think TK is going to uh, use his axe and just cut a hole in the side of the buddy and try and swim out like no no tricks just straight swimming straight to the the italian racing boat you are successful in getting out of the bubble buddy and cutting through it you don't even need to roll for it you have a sharp axe it's deflating plastic you can just rip right through he gives lum a little kick on the way on the way out <laughs> uh and doesn't look back as it sinks but um lights out for the, the italian racing boat on the bridge of the Mrs. Egg, Gabe is in full spinning plates mode. He's trying to get the drone that is carrying Henley the Bentley back to the Mrs. Egg. He is also controlling Loma's speedboat and trying to figure out what the hell he is going to do next. Because uh, he's got a big boat and he's got all of his friends in front of him who need help. Uh, but, you know, that's not exactly an easy maneuver to make. There's no obvious solution here. What he does see as he's surveying the scene is TK uh, from a distance slash through this thing that he was inside of and start swimming it looks like for the speedboat that he is controlling so he starts to slow down the speedboat and has it stop speeding ahead of everyone and has it just idle in the water in the hopes that TK will be able to get to it faster and you actually you hear him on the comm he says I got you you, you want to ride yeah please but we got to get fucking lux dude yeah i don't um <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to work on that one. <laughs> I got to deal with Lash and Viv first, I think. Yeah, do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. And Gabe is just on the bridge going, uh, uh shit, shit. You hear the, 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 of the drone pick up as it goes further out to sea. Then you hear a, <laughs> as it opens its claw even further. Couple seconds pass. You hear a massive splash. As Henley the Bentley hits the ocean mm. and sinks. Oh god. Oh, Rip. No. Rip. Henley no. died. Oh, Henley. Uh, I left some stuff in there. 
my my mag gun is in there. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of shit in there. The th- 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 picks up again as the drone starts to move back towards Lash and Viv. But you can see it's like having a hard time positioning itself. It's a mm-hmm. little wobbly. It's not as smooth as it was when it was on its way out. The next person to act is Viv. Viv is having a hard time staying awake. She's really in a in a bad way. But what she wants to do is a sense the water for debris. She got one, two, three, re-roll. Four hits. Have you ever been to a wedding where they once the bride and groom are married, everybody lights off paper lanterns? Mm-hmm. And the crowd is big enough, you're looking into the, you know, the night sky like just after golden hour or whatever, and there are just there's this sea of bright lights just floating uh, in the sky, mini golden towers of light. That's what the water in front of you looks like. Just countless individual little lanterns of magic floating on the surface of the sea. Some of them are brighter than others, and when you focus and you try to pay attention to what they are, you realize it's pages. It's pages from Loma's books floating uh, in the ocean after they've been broken by the collision and, uh, you know, messed up even further by all of the action that's happened. There are a few that are brighter because it seems like they are either maybe more magical, maybe there's more of something invested in them, they are um, further imbued, or they're just larger. One of them, the largest one, is, or the one that is maybe the clearest to you, uh, like it sort of calls out to you uh, the most clearly, is over by where TK just escaped from the Bubble Buddy. There are a few others between where you are and there that seem uh, also like they are more than individual pages floating. If you look really closely to you start to look down into the water, you might see that there's a bunch of magical debris that's sort of settled or is settling further and further down. But as you perceive it and as you see it, it gets dimmer and dimmer and you hear a very distant voice say, Yeah, Viv swishes her hand in the water and and says, understood. Um, Because I think in the back of Viv's mind, all of this stuff was going to be a gift anyway, (laughs) as it sank. Um, But she's going to really try to concentrate on the brightest, the brightest object, which is, is it the book? Yeah, the thing that sort of calls to you the most, that's that you're kind of... It's not necessarily that it's bright, it's that you're, like, drawn to it. Uh, yeah, is the large book uh, that is near where TK just was. And, Mike, is the, is, the, is the Whitman skull also here? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about, too. The Whitman skull is with the scene now. Oh, oh wow. Okay, Viv is going to be like, that was a big gift. We enjoyed that one. <laughs> Viv is going to use all of her might to concentrate energy in her right hand as she casts catch toward that book and it's usually it's like a jedi pull but in her weakened state it's more of a very rickety pulley 
<laughs> slowly making its way to her. I'm just gonna roll magic, right? Yeah, and you roll against the complexity of the object, right? Right. You got six hits. Wow! Yeah. The book rolled five hits. What? Nice. <laughs> Because the book knows, the book knows who it belongs to. Uh, it is, hey. it's an object that a very powerful magician worked a significant amount of time on, and it is aware of who its owner is and is not. And when it feels as though it is being caught, it, you know, we're ascribing sort of an animism to it, uh, but it's like much more fundamental than that. But basically, yeah, it's like no, I, don't, I like, I don't want to go. That is not where I belong. But you are successful, and against its quote unquote wishes, you begin to slowly pull it across the surface of the water, and it gets stuck here and there as it hits uh, floating wood and other pieces of debris, pieces of Loma's chairs that are floating there, uh, just all this other crap that's around. But you feel like, yeah, in your weakened state, you're, you're going to get it. It's on its way. Okay. Uh, Viv is going to squeeze Lash's shoulders and point evidence Grab it as soon as it gets near us. Oh, yeah. Lash, I don't know that it's clear to you exactly what she's talking about. I'm just, <laughs> La Lash is just like. Just sickly pointing. Like, just like <laughs> grabbing things nearby and kind of like. It's like that sure thing grandma meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> right this way. Yeah. <laughs> The next person to act is Lux. Lux doesn't see anything happening with the book. He's just very sure that all his friends are about to die, and then he's about to die as well. And that this little mean little guy is so powerful <laughs> that it's insane. And the fact that we were able to take care of Loma the way we did was a near miracle. And this little devil man is going to kill us all now. There's no way to stop it. He saw... TK try to use an axe and he couldn't even push it into someone. Like he sees, he vaguely sees Lash and Viv and for all he knows, they might be dead. And Lux doesn't have any tools to do anything about it. And he, he feels like he just swallowed a potato. His stomach does hurt. <laughs> I think for other people, this is probably mild nausea, but for someone with the countenance and constitution and strength of Lux, this is a major injury to him. <laughs> this Buddy. Really does, so real. This really does hurt, and he is slowly getting so angry that he can't take it. He, he cannot take this anymore. Like, this is another example of just people beyond, with power beyond comprehension taking things from him. And he has he has no tools to be able to stop it. And he is so angry. He is seconds away from just jumping at this little thing and diving in the water with him and then just having a breath-holding contest. <laughs> but he knows. He knows. He's not even strong enough to hold a little rabbit man <laughs> underwater. <laughs> he knows it. And so he runs, just like he did before. When his wife went away, he runs. He just runs away from the little guy, and he hopes that maybe, maybe he could do something to help his friends when he gets toward him. But he's pretty sure he's dead, too. What do I roll? <laughs> 
Listen, if Lux wants to swim out into open water, no, don't, no I'm not going to do, do that. that. <laughs> he, he runs towards the yeah. boat. He, he, he thinks if, he, you know, the fastest, he's not a fast swimmer. He's got a mild phobia of water. So he does run toward the boat. If he get to the boat, maybe he's got options. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a tool at the bottom of the boat that makes someone like Lux into someone helpful. That's all he's trying to do is get to the boat. The Italian speedboat yeah. is the closest boat to you within maybe 20 feet. Right. And that's the one that that's the one that TK is about to get in. Correct. The Mrs. Okay. Egg is behind you. Right. I think Lux would think of swimming towards that as being something that he would not be able to do. Yes. So if you want to try to get to the speedboat, roll willpower plus agility and beat four. One, two, three. And I got two sixes. So need one more, please. And I do not get one more. You start heading towards the speedboat and you know you're going to get there soon. You don't make it immediately. You aren't able to draw from the sheer, like the deep, deep forces of will to Mm -hmm. get you somewhere to like force your body to do something that it doesn't want to do, that your brain doesn't want to do, that your heart doesn't want to do. You know, you're like fighting against every part of your being to be like, I got, I got to be useful. I got to do something. Mm -hmm. You're just struggling against everything and the current of the water and you can't quite get there, but you do at least get out of the direct conflict that you don't know how to manage. Loma f- floats by. <laughs> Not an initiative. Oh. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. He's got floating moves. The next person to act is Neck. Oh no. Mike, Neck is in the water. The water that was pushed away from him by the casting of his force spell sort of crashes back into him. He smiles watching Viv fall from the sky, a much greater Mm. height than three meters, into the unforgiving and debris-laden ocean. Two questions for you. Number one, does Neck see Loma's big blue book? Question number two, how many meters away is the deck of the Mrs. Egg? The first one is easy. Neck definitely sees the big blue book. He saw it at the moment that everybody else in the Bubble Buddy saw it when TK's arm sort of crashed around near it. Uh, So that is definitely something that he is aware of. The Mrs. Egg, the distance of the Mrs. Egg in meters, it's about 40 meters away. Neck spends half a second doing some very serious calculus. (laughs) of risk, of projecting what this crew's abilities and resources are, guessing what Loma has in that book, guessing who has the most to lose by that book being taken away, and where they are. Neck casts fly on himself. Oh, no. Okay, you said 40 40 meters away. All right, so the fly spell, I get to fly 10 meters for every hit. (gasps) And I rolled four hits. Uh -uh. Neck launches himself more than 10 times (laughs) three meters. Uh Once again, he craters the water around him. As he launches into the air and rockets 
towards the Mrs. Egg, you see him alight almost daintily, his four red arms sort of easing to their natural position at his side as he walks confidently and safely towards the hatch that leads to the bridge. I am just going to roll to see if Gabe notices this. Gabe didn't glitch, but he got zero hits. <gasps> oh my god, no. No, that's really bad. That's so many dice. Ugh. Uh, yeah, that is what just happened is extremely mm. unlikely. <laughs> Everything's coming up. It's the, the music is too loud where Gabe is mm. rocking out. Neck. As you land, you see in the bridge of the Mrs. Egg uh, in the tower up top, it's lit, the lights are on, the instrument panel is bright, there is a bald man in there covered in tattoos, you know him well, you have made an illusion of him before, Uh, you feel like you know him very, very well, and uh, from the deck uh, where you land, where you just step gingerly and start walking, you do hear very loud punk rock music playing. The next person to act is Lash. Lash, you are cradling Viv in the water, and she's talking about evidence moving towards you. Um, You're not really sure what that means. So Lash sees Neck land on the boat. Remind me what is around him on the area of the boat where he lands. It's a helipad. Helipad. And helipad, what's above him, what's below him? So below him is like the below decks. Uh, So at around that part of the ship would be, that's like where your quarters are, I think. Uh, And like, I think that's where the gym is. We previously discussed the existence of a gym. And how far are we from the boat? 90, 95 feet. The drone is tooking above you. Okay. Lash is in the water. Viv is whispering about evidence. Which is yeah. really confusing her. And she sees Neck land on the boat. And she looks to the bridge. She sees Gabe in there. She doesn't see Gabe kind of move or kind of notice it at all. So with that, she looks to, I think, her right and sees the drone that is slowly going towards her. And she realizes that that's not coming soon enough. And so she is going to use, yeah, she's going to use Puppeteer. And she is going to take control over that drone and with all her might, try to shot put that drone straight into neck. <laughs> You're going to toss a drone like a Frisbee with your mind. Yeah, shot put. <laughs> you did say shot, shot put. put. You did say yes. shot put, yes. yes. <laughs> Less of a discus, right. more of a shot the, the much, much cooler option, and I would like to sincerely apologize for saying frisbee. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the ultimate frisbee? No. No. No, no. Mm-mm. No. That rules. Okay. <laughs> Roll it up, and I will tell you uh, what you have to beat. Okay. I got three hits. The drone got two hits. Oh, hey. wow. Finally! <gasps> <laughs> So you get in there, you start to like, you know, look at it or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, this isn't. And then you realize it's like extremely low security. Like the password to this thing is admin. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, is there's a lot of potential to this drone, a lot of potential energy, a lot of potential uses for it. 
Gabe just hasn't gotten to it yet. So it has a lot of good hardware inside. It's just not functional. So that's why uh, Lash in this moment can use so much. She can kind of infuse this drone, which kind of seems dinky, with so much force and slam it right towards Neck's gut. I mean, it's it's big. It's not a small drone. It can pick up a car. Yeah. It's almost helicopter sized. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's hoping, and she's not going to necessarily calm Gabe in this moment because she thinks that this a, a drone exploding on the helipad of the ship is going to be enough attention. So you got control of it, and you feel like you have good control of it. And now to pilot it in such a way that it does what you want, roll resonance with a bonus of three for your puppeteer successes. You want to beat five, which is what Neck got uh, to um, to dodge. Neck sees you coming. Can you move faster than him to knock him? Yeah. Like a golf ball right off the... <laughs> <laughs> Off the deck. Come on. And she gets one hit. No! Yay! How is that you, possible? Isn't your residence like six? Oh. Total one hit. No, fuck. Jesus Christ. God These damn it. Fi- modifiers are killing me. Neck hears a and turns around just as the drone that he very recently blasted with a beam of energy careens towards him and crashes onto the helipad and skids across the deck of the Mrs. Egg. It just wasn't built to move as fast as Lash wanted it to go. Didn't make it. She couldn't control it. She couldn't put it where she wanted to. Ah! It makes a very loud sound. Should have taken my mom up on those driving lessons. The next person to act is Gabe. Gabe is on the bridge, and he's very focused on the speedboat. He is trying to um, maneuver it in just such a way so that Lux can get on it, so that TK can get to it, and so that as soon as they are on board, he can bring it around to Viv and, and Lash, and he can figure out then how to get them onto the Mrs. Egg. Meanwhile, he's just he's looking also at what's around. Like, is anybody from any of the houses that are quote-unquote nearby coming to visit because there's been a lot of ruckus. I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere. These people are spaced very, very far apart. This is a region of the sea that is well known as being home to the rich, people who want privacy, but you've made a, a lot of noise and have caused a lot of trouble. So he's just looking to see, is anybody coming? And he doesn't see anything approaching at the moment. No one is en route. There are no boats. There are no aircraft. And as he's looking at the map, and he's jumped into this um, this Italian boat, he feels like a shiver, and he hears an alert sound, a dun-dun, and he turns, and if you're in the bridge, you see just thousands, almost, of floating displays that are up in front of him. Um, and you know that there's even more in his AR display, that he's just looking at an endless sea of alerts and notifications and gauges spread out over the actual endless sea that is in front of him where his, his friends need his help. And he sees the little red window, and it says, disconnected, disconnected, disconnected. And he looks and he sees that it's the drone and he bats it away 
he thinks, huh, I wonder what, and when he bats it away, in the space that it was occupying in his field of vision, the red alert goes away, and standing in the doorway to the bridge is a red man. TK acts next. Uh, Has TK made it to the boat? TK has made it to the boat. You are on board an Italian racing boat. It effectively seats four. It is long, skinny. It has a lot of wood paneling. It feels very expensive. Um, Is there anything in the, like, glove compartments or any of the... Is there anything useful on this boat? You open up the glove box uh, that is uh, where the helm is, and a bunch of papers fall out, and you put your hand inside, and you feel a very familiar feeling. You pull out a pistol. There is a Fischetti security pistol in the glove box of this boat. There is also, you pull out a high-powered flashlight. Great. TK clips the flashlight to his shoulder, because I assume he's got tactical clothing. You have straps for that sort of thing. Roll for strap? No, you got it, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And how, how far is Lux? Lux is going to get there in about six seconds. All right, so TK is going to calm Gabe and say, Gabe, there's a man on your boat. Let go of the Italian shit. I got it. I'll get them. Just stay alive. And he's going to swing the boat towards Lux and try and pick him up. You push the throttle on the boat, and it's hard. It's resisting. You're trying to turn the steering wheel, and it's hard. It's resisting. And then you hear Gabe quietly, after a couple seconds, say, Yeah, no shit. There's a man on the boat. And then you can control the speedboat. It gives in. You can move it forward. You can move the steering wheel. The next person to act is Viv. How far is the book from Viv? Ooh, that's a very good question. Eight feet. Um, you know what? I think she actually just might try to heal herself right now because she is really just one hit away <laughs> from passing out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she has a wound modifier of three, but then she has quick healer also, so it's only negative one, so she's still rolling 11d6. Okay, six hits on a heal. You see the book coming towards you. You still can't reach it. You're not confident that you'll be able to swim towards it. You feel weak. Lash is concentrating really hard on something else. She's in another place. You feel yourself sinking. Like you can't tread water anymore, and like Lash is letting you go and you are just submerging under the water and you're getting colder and colder and it gets blue and then dark gray and then black. You have a vision mm. of your mentor spirit. What is it? Um, she's seen it before. It's sort of like a watery outline with like a beehive, a motherly figure, Kind of like if she was wearing watery bathrobes all swept up. (laughs) It's like the bottom of the ocean in this area that is littered with gifts, or that that's what Viv would call them, their gifts, and kind of zooming in on the, the Whitman skull as like a major gift, and it's still glowing down there. And I think maybe as it touches the things around it, it starts to give off echoes of those feelings we all had when we touched it. It dims again. You get warm, and then you're very, very cold. And you're floating, face up, on the surface of the water, healed. Uh. 
and the first thing she does is looks for the book. It's seven and a half feet away. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's closer, but you still don't have it yet. All right. She can tread water, though. She does have a swimming skill, so. <laughs> Remember, Lash is seven feet long. <laughs> she, she's busy. <laughs> it's one lash away. Lux gets to the speedboat. So Lux is at the speedboat. He's still in the water, and he sees Loma float by. Lux takes something out of his pack, and he takes a simple action and puts the thing back into his pack and gets in the boat. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, mysterious. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Can't wait to see what you did. On the bridge of the Mrs. Egg, Gabe clears his screens. Hey, um, I'm going to guess this isn't good news. Neck has interrogated Gabe before and left him asleep on the Mrs. Egg. Yeah. Neck sprints forward. Whoa. <laughs> And reaches out a hand to touch Gabe. Gabe tries to get on the other side of a control panel to try to put something between the two of them. Okay. Uh, he gets... He finally rolled well. Roll 17 dice. Four hits. Gabe got six hits. Gabe steps back on his feet and uh, runs backwards. Uh, he knows the bridge of the Mrs. Egg really well. Uh, and he knows exactly what's behind him. And he puts himself on the other side of a wide uh, projection table. Uh, there's a sort of holographic projection of the waterways of New York City um, that he is looking through at Neck, who's on the other side of the table. And then we're not on the deck of the Mrs. Egg. No! damn guy. Hi. This fucking guy. For a brief second, the sky is visible. And then there is a large vaulted roof, and we're in an enormous, voluminous space that is filled with enormous man-made orbs that are moving around as techno music <laughs> begins to play. We are back, well, at least Gabe is back in the ball pit. Neck is standing motionless in the center of the bridge, watching Gabe turn around, lost in this illusory space. Gabe is back in the ball pit. He doesn't see the bridge. He doesn't see the sea. He doesn't see his friends. He doesn't even see Nick. He talks to what to him is an empty room, but he knows where he is physically. This has happened to him before. He's dealt with Nick before. So he knows that when he's speaking, Nick can hear him. And he says, I, I know it's not real. I, I know you can hear me. Listen, what do you need? What do you want? You want them off the trail of this knight errant thing? I mean, they'll get off the trail of it. I don't know who you work for. I don't know their names. I don't know anything about where they are. If we all just walk away now, that can stay the case. What do you need? I can get you anything you want. And Gabe is just kind of spinning around on the deck of the Mrs. Egg. You see him standing behind this instrument panel, behind this table with the waterway projection. And he turns, and he sees the open door to the long entryway to the ball pit. He looks out, and he can see the streets of Chelsea. He can see the open door that has the balloons painted on it on the outside. But he knows 
he's facing Neck. He moves as quickly as he can. He reaches underneath the projection table in front of him to a gun that is attached with a clip to the underside. He pulls it out and he extends his arm in front of him and he pulls the trigger until it clicks. And he waits to see if the ball pit evaporates. City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show and get access to a huge back catalog of amazing bonus content, including upcoming Mork Borg side games and holiday special spectacular, as well as patron only in universe merch and access to our Discord, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and you can find me online at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Vivian Lakewood, and you can find me online at Randwitches. Hey, this is Nick Gersio. I play Lux Scythe, and you can find me online at N Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O, on Instagram, and at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter. I'm Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog, and you can find me on social media at Shodell, at S-H-O-D-E-L-L. I am Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad guys, I think. Is that how it works? It's not clear. You can follow me online at taylor.biz. And my name is Mike Rugnetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Mike Rugnetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. This episode of Fun City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. It was edited by Sam Grant and produced and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Pixel Riffs also takes a simple action. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall, with tracks by Will Savino and Borrow Bound. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, and Kit Pulliam. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>